Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 185 of Final Fantasy Union. I am your host, Daryl, and today we are going to be talking about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Will it release on the PlayStation 5? Will it come out at all? And what exactly is going on right now based on what's been said in the press? It's an interesting topic. We haven't really spoken about the Final Fantasy VII Remake that much in a while, it feels like. Um, And there's a reason for that, and we'll get onto that in a bit. But uh, yeah, to explain why it's just me though, uh, unfortunately Lauren is not able to join because we actually have a very small window for when we can record podcast episodes. We basically have a one hour window uh, every fortnight and we missed that one hour window today because we had to have an unexpected visit to the hospital because our daughters got a burst eardrum. Fantastic stuff. Um, But it could be a good thing. It could be a good thing because... We all know that when we talk about things like the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and specifically things that Nomura has said in relation to it, Lauren tends to get a little bit antsy about this kind of stuff. So I feel like based on what we're going to discuss, it would have definitely called a reaction from her. So I feel like maybe this way we will have, uh, I'd say, well, it's not going to be a more boring discussion. It's going to be a more methodical discussion, let's say, by myself. I'm going to discuss it with myself present points of view to myself, and we'll take things from there. Hopefully you guys enjoy the discussion and um, enjoy the points I've raised, the uh, the detective work I'm going to go through, and uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, we'll get on to that in a bit. Before we do, though, a few new folks. Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come out on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we're now going to do our Patreon shoutouts, and this is for everyone who has paid $2.50 or more per episode. And we're going to kick things off with Blue Machine at Blue Machine, Lewis James, Nahi Klabawi, Barry Norton at Nortron Zero, Chris Morales, Eric Decker at Chalko Taco, Michael Graham, Thorin Bullen at Masker23, Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58, Chris Pope at DrPop181, Mohamed Kayum, Rachel Castadon at Urbion Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Mike, Ishbal Ayala at Red Beppers, Vitanitas, Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One, Tobias Cappy at the Tobias Kepi, Tori Patrick, Miles Ribbons, David Caro, and Moki Syasith at Mokimon S. Thank you all for your support, guys. Okay, before we get on to our main topic, I'm just going to try and get my breath back because that was difficult. Um, we said that we were going to release a survey at the uh, after or there or thereabouts of the last episode, and we did actually release it. Big thank you to everyone who's taken it so far. I haven't run through all of the feedback so far, but it's been very, very positive. There have been some interesting uh, things around the podcast that I probably wasn't expecting, and I think one of the immediate takeaways is that the music segment is very divisive. I, I didn't expect that, but apparently there are, um, yeah, about 50% of people that have taken it so far have said that they're not too keen on the music segment. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do about that because I kind of like the music segment. Um, and I guess it's right at the end of the episode, so you can just not listen. I don't know. Either way, it's going to stay for now, um, but we'll we'll uh, address all the feedback once we've got everyone 
in and uh, if you haven't taken it so far please go ahead and do so you can find the link on social media on the website or on the discord server we will probably repost it on social media soon just to get the next wave of people coming in to take the survey but i think so far we've had uh, around 200 people which is really really positive so thank you again to everyone who has taken the survey we really really appreciate it so okay the final fantasy 7 remake what is going on now because really, even though it was announced three and a half years ago, well, I'd say that not too much has happened, but actually a lot has happened that we probably wouldn't have wanted to have happened. There's been obviously the whole stuff around it going internal development and like staff changes and the quality not being high enough, the delays, the constant PR battle that Nomura is facing about working on two games. And that's kind of been what's brought this back up again because Nomura was very unhappy about about some of the things he said recently and how they've been reported. So he was taking part in a panel for the third anniversary of Dissidia, and he basically used that as a platform to give a small update on the 7 Remake, not because he wanted to give an update on the project, but because he wanted to speak out about the press and the fact that he's kind of getting fed up about them spreading false information about the game, uh, how it's developing and that kind of stuff. And I guess I can understand his point of view, but then also he's not really giving the press anything to work with. So, and I guess because the Final Fantasy VII Remake is one of the most anticipated games of all time, I think that's kind of without question, any small piece of information that comes out gets jumped on by everyone. And you even get websites like, um, I think, The Express, The Daily Star... They, I mean, they're not exactly the most classiest of publications anyway from a newspaper like uh, perspective, but their websites just publish just constant trash. There is generally an update on the Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'd say at least once a week, but it could be daily, which is just non-information. And if you ever are unfortunate enough to read those, just please stop because you're encouraging them even more to do it. But either way, um, I do have a degree of sympathy here with Nomura because... Um, it's just everyone wants to know updates around this project and like there has been so many instances of uh, bad reporting around it just because people are so desperate to say something like there was the whole thing around the job listings that were old um they that came out lot this year i think it was saying like oh they're now hiring for this people and that person and that must mean they're working and then they're, they're not doing this and they're doing that but actually all of that news came out a year prior and it just kind of got resurfaced and and everyone acted like it was something new because they needed something to talk about. But the problem is, yeah, they don't often provide updates on the 7 Remake. And obviously they want to um, pri- try and make sure that there's a, I guess, a positive narrative or they're controlling it. Um, and it's hard if you don't actually give anyone updates on what's going on. And I guess that's why we also haven't chosen to talk about the 7 Remake much this year, because we also want to minimalize the spreading of false information. Uh, we don't really want to sensationalize it when it's happening, because ultimately, if Square Enix aren't saying anything useful about the 7 Remake, what's the point in talking about it? Because there's nothing going on. And basically, what's happened here is Nomura was taking part in a, an event just be- prior to the Dissidia event that I mentioned previously. And it was for the World Ends With You remix. And it was an event that took place in Japan. And they had a fan Q&A session. And one of the fans said that it wasn't really a question. He just said, I really enjoyed playing Before Crisis. Not something that us in the West really will appreciate because we never got Before Crisis. But 
this guy in Japan just really enjoyed playing Before Crisis, and he was, I guess, alluding to the fact that he would really like to see Square Enix include Before Crisis, or at least some of the content within the 7 Remake, or maybe even provide a kind of synopsis mode like they've done with um, the DS games that were part of the Kingdom Hearts series. So Nomura basically then responded and said, um, like jokingly, I, I don't know if you're aware, but I'm actually working on the Final Fantasy VII remake right now and was trying to make it like a little bit of jest about it. But then he said something that triggered a lot of people, apparently, um, that he said, I'm focusing on Kingdom Hearts 3 at the moment, though. And it was just that simple line that set everyone off in his mind as and because that was that was the thing that he addressed specifically now i couldn't actually find any evidence of misreporting in this instance most of the publications that i saw talking about this specific quote were talking about actually what he said in relation to the compilation but namura seems to think there was misreporting there uh and you know that's just the way it is so yeah namura was annoyed about how his comments were interpreted because as you could probably imagine when he said, I'm focusing on Kingdom Hearts 3 at the moment, that then implied that he wasn't focusing on the 7 remake and it wasn't working. They weren't working on it. And, you know, it's been a massive bugbear for a lot of people for a long time. You know, there was even, uh, I was looking up, Nomura commented on the 7 remake development during E3 and Eurogamer, um, well, it, basically he'd said that the game is actually in development. Like they're not in pre-production or anything, like they're actually developing it. And Eurogamer put in quotes, the Final Fantasy VII remake is quote unquote actually in development because it's been just no one knows what's going on with the project. And this is again, this is kind of the problem that Mura has that people are reporting on stuff, but like he doesn't really say anything anyway. But anyway, that's kind of by the by. Basically, Nomura was upset about the fact that he'd said that he was focused on Kingdom Hearts 3 at the moment, uh, and people were saying that that means that he's not working on the Seven remake. And he basically, at the Decidia event, took time out to address this and said that he was currently focusing on Kingdom Hearts 3 from a PR perspective. But after that, he will be focusing on the PR for the Final Fantasy VII Remake once Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. So it's just kind of like miscommunication from his part, really, because he didn't specify in his answer that he was only focusing on doing PR and marketing for Kingdom Hearts 3 at the moment and that they actually they were still working on the Final Fantasy VII Remake. But anyway, so... It's that's basically all that happened with the seven remake, and that's what's got everyone in a massive tiz. He said that he was only focusing on the Kingdom Hearts three right now, and basically all he meant was that he was focusing on Kingdom Hearts three PR right now, which makes sense because the game comes out in two months' time, and the seven remake probably isn't going to be coming out for a while. But what does this actually mean in the wider sense? So he said that development is going smoothly favorably however you want to say it that doesn't mean anything to any of us because the game's been in development now for three and a half years and we've seen nothing literally nothing since they took development in-house no sorry no i tell a lie they did show the um like updated concept art for the airbuster in the background of a picture that had naoki hamaguchi on their recruitment page wow Big whoop, thanks for that Square Enix. But yeah, basically we've seen nothing for the game since they did the whole in-house announcement. And even before that, they Nomura showed off those screenshots at the Monaco Anime uh, Gaming uh, International Conference, I think it was called, Magic. Um, just like two screenshots, talked a bit about the gameplay mechanics. 
and that was almost two years ago now, I think it was. Um, yes, we've seen literally nothing. So him just saying, please don't worry, just doesn't mean anything to us. But I guess in a way he's right, because should we be worried? No, not really. Do we have a right to be worried? No, not really. I mean, ultimately, we're just fans. We don't, like, I guess inadvertently, we do dictate what they work on because they're only working on this project because there was so much fan demand. And therefore, we do have a vested interest in it and its development. But I think ultimately, the thing that he's that he misses out on, or I don't know, maybe he's just an evil genius and just plays on it too much. But ultimately, we're just filled with anticipation. We're excited about this project. And I think there are so many people that are excited for it for different reasons. Some people are excited to play it because Final Fantasy VII means so much to them and they really want to see how it's going to play out in a modern setting with new gameplay and new graphics. Some people are excited to see if it's going to fail. Like, that's just how it is. It's the same thing with sports as well. Like, someone like, um, I don't know how many of you guys are MMA fans, but someone like Conor McGregor. He's a kind of love him or hate him guy and loads of people would want to tune into his fights because they want to see if he's actually going to back up everything he's saying or if the person he's fighting is going to absolutely paste him. Like there's just that much interest in what's going on with him and I think that's exactly what's happening with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. The difference is that Square don't say anything about it. So when they do say really, really small things, it just gets jumped on and made into this massive big deal that it really doesn't need to be because they're not actually controlling anything. And we've talked about this before in terms of how they went, well, when Tabata was running his projects, he was very forthcoming. Like the moment, pretty much the moment he took over Final Fantasy 15, they decided that they were going to completely do a 180 on the lack of communication that Nomura has with the fans and we saw it with Versus 13, there was just this just massive disconnect between everything that was going on. We Fans literally had no idea what was going on in that project for so, so long. I think it was a good, like, probably about seven years. We literally knew nothing about what was going on. When Tabata's team took over, they decided that they were going to completely change that. And yeah, sure, sometimes they went a bit too far. They They communicated too much. Um, but the whole thing was they were they had an open dialogue with the fans, but with the Final Fantasy VII remake, we just don't have that. And as I said, it's one of the most anticipated games in development right now, and we know nothing. And it's been going on this way for three and a half years, which is really crazy to think about. And I think the thing that's actually kind of projected this even further now is the fact that Sony have just really stoked the whole PlayStation 5 thing. They uh, I don't know if you guys are aware but I mean you probably are but they've just cancelled well actually sorry they said that they won't be attending E3 next year for the first time in a very long time which has basically made everyone go crazy because E3 is the big event where you go if you want to make big announcements uh, and they also cancelled the PlayStation experience this year which has I guess a knock-on impact on us for the 7 remake because um, obviously that was where they did the big showcase last for the for the Final Fantasy 7 remake and there's always been this anticipation where if they haven't shown anything at E3, Gamescom or the Tokyo Game Show there's always the PlayStation experience because they did it that time but Sony's cancelled that event so we're definitely not getting anything for the PlayStation experience this year um, but I think the whole thing around that is that it, it basically means that they're gearing up for the PlayStation 5 
And as soon as I heard this, I didn't think about anything else. And this is this is not me just like jesting or anything. I literally, the first thing I thought about was a quote from Yoshinori Kataze that he said right after the 30th anniversary opening ceremony. And he was talking about how one of his biggest concerns is about how he's going to keep parity between the different episodes of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because obviously it's not just one game. It's going to be at least two, probably three, maybe even four parts. And basically, at the the time, Famitsu asked him the question, if this series ends up taking a very long time, how will you maintain the quality of the first title throughout all the others? And Kataze responded by saying, I think it's my responsibility to decide the level of quality and maintain that quality to the very end during production of all the episodes. Of course, as the episodes progress, it's only natural that the quality will match though. Now, the reason why I thought about this instantly is because it's such a challenge to keep the parity between the episodes anyway, right? So you're looking at maybe at least one year between the episodes, I would have thought, probably two years. And if they've got three episodes, that means you've got four to six years between the start and the finish of the episodes. Matching the quality during that time is, is difficult, and but it's it's more achievable because you'll be reusing a lot of the assets and stuff like that. And we've seen it with uh, the PlayStation 3. Not so much with the PlayStation 4, but definitely with the PlayStation 3, where the Assassin's Creed franchise, they had Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Brotherhood, Revelations, 3... Rogue and then Black Flag was like a cross generation title. Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, Uncharted 1, 2, 3, Gears of War 1, 2, 3, and then they had Judgment on the end. Like, it's if you can keep uh, kind of like a contained series within a series on one platform, it makes it much more of a consistent experience. And I think, you know, if you were having the first part release on the PlayStation 4 and then the next part release on the PlayStation 5, Maintaining that level of quality is so much harder because the games are naturally just going to look different. Like The graphical capabilities of the PlayStation 4 and 5 are going to be so vastly different. And everything we've heard so far is about how the PlayStation 5 is an absolute beast. It's going to blow everything out of the park and all this kind of crap and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately, like if quality and maintaining like parity of quality across the entire Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, series is one of their main concerns, surely having them all release on the same console makes it so much easier to maintain. And with uh, and with Sony uh, cancelling the PlayStation experience and not attending E3 next year, the big rumour is that they're going to have a small reveal event next year and they're going to have a massive reveal at the PlayStation experience next year. And this is something they did with the PlayStation 4, if you remember back. They did a reveal event in 2013 during February, March. I think it was February. Uh, And then as the year went on, they really pushed it uh, through. And, you know, at the moment, the current rumored timeline for the PlayStation 5 to release is late 2020. Developers are now starting to openly talk about the fact they're working on it. There was obviously the, uh, the leak I say leak, quote unquote, because it was taken from someone's LinkedIn profile, which is not the most trustworthy of sources. Uh, but basically, someone at Luminous Productions has said that they were working on a PlayStation 5 game uh, and then promptly removed that. Um, I mean, you know, that could be uh, realistic. We don't know. But yeah, all the po- all the signs are starting to point to the PlayStation 5 coming out at, at some point in 2020. Microsoft obviously have started to openly talk about the fact that they're working on their next console too. 
So everything's gearing up for the next console generation. So for the for the Final Fantasy VII remake, my my estimation is that it's going to come out around 2020 to 2021. And as we've seen with Final Fantasy games and gaming in general, and they kind of solved this problem with the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, when you're releasing a game at the end of a console life cycle, it suffers. It just does. It, it's it, That's what happens. Final Fantasy IX came out right at the end of the PlayStation 1's life cycle, and it was the worst selling Final Fantasy game on that system. Final Fantasy XII did exactly the same thing right at the end, and it sold so much worse than Final Fantasy X, and is one of the, uh, this is going to sound really backwards, but it's one of the worst selling main series Final Fantasy games since Final Fantasy VII came out. I think only ten two. Well, if we're, no, I'm not going to talk about sequels because then we have to talk about 13.2 and 90 Returns. But basically, uh, 12 and 9 were the worst selling Final Fantasy games. And they've always, and they've come as the last game on the system. So if we're looking at the Final Fantasy VII remake, now I'm not saying that's going to go down the same way because as I said again, as I will say again, the Final Fantasy VII remake is one of the most anticipated games of all time. Whatever it comes out on, people are going to be interested in purchasing that. Um, but if they put it at the beginning of a launch uh, or a console cycle towards the beginning, we've also seen that the first Final Fantasy game to release on a new ki- on a new console is by far the best selling. Final Fantasy VII was the best selling on the PlayStation One. Final Fantasy X was the best selling on the PlayStation Two. Final Fantasy XIII was the best selling on the PlayStation Three, although that was the only one that came out in that generation. And Final Fantasy XV has also sold really well, but again, so far it's been the only one that's come out in that generation. If we're excluding Type Zero. Um, but it's, that's just the way it goes. Um, so, I mean, like, what does, what does this mean then? Is, does it mean that the Final Fantasy VII remake just skips the PlayStation 4 completely and they basically just pull a Final Fantasy 15 again where they said Versus 13 is coming out exclusively on the PlayStation 3, guys. We've signed a deal with Sony to make it exclusive. Oh, but wait, now we're actually moving it to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox 360 and calling it to, oh, sorry, Xbox One. We're calling it a new game. Exclusivity gone. And remember, the Final Fantasy VII Remake said, play it first, I think it was, on the PlayStation 4. It never said, like, this is exclusive forever, guys. Very much a timed exclusive. Maybe they're going to use this again to get out of that exclusivity deal with Sony. I don't know. Obviously, they've just had the announcement that next year, a lot of the older Final Fantasy games and the new remasters are going to be releasing on the Xbox One and also the Switch. Um, blanking for some reason on that announcement. Um, but clearly, the multi-platform stuff is something they're really going towards again. But then again, they've also just been releasing games exclusively on the PlayStation 4 uh, as a timed exclusive. Uh, World of Final Fantasy... Uh, Nier Automata, there's been some more as well. Uh, there's quite a few actually, but I can't remember the names right now. Um, but who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe the Final Fantasy VII Remake does get, have this whole shift to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox, whatever the hell they're going to call it. Um, or they do the whole cross-platform thing. As I said, it, it was their kind of way around the, the drop you get towards the end of a console because they re- they started releasing games on both consoles. Uh, and, you know, we saw this so much with the PlayStation 4. You look at the Assassin's Creed franchise, Black Flag came out on the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. And we also saw that basically because of this, there were very, very few 
console exclusives that came out in the first year. If you look back and look at the PlayStation 4's release, or the games that were released on the PlayStation 4 for the first year, there were very, very few that were PS4 exclusives. Most of them were either PS3 and PS4 releases, or they were PS3 remasters that were upgraded for the PlayStation 4. Which was, yeah, like it's their way of kind of bucking that decline at the end of the uh, fran- at the end of the generation, and I can only imagine them doing that again, but even more severe as they try to um, mitigate anything that they could lose. So it's a very real possibility that the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be a cross-platform title, but that that means that from a parity perspective, at least they're able to maintain it because they wouldn't look at the PlayStation 4 version then, they would look at the PlayStation 5 version part 1, and then that would be the continuation. And obviously, as we saw with the Mass Effect franchise, you know, Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 3 are very different games. Like, stylistically and graphically, they probably look, I'd say they look similar, um, but the mechanics of the of the game are very different as it progressed because they learnt, you know, they took feedback on board and you'd expect them to do with the same with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Just because we're seeing gameplay mechanics in the first part of this Final Fantasy VII Remake doesn't mean we're going to continue to see those as it progresses. And I think that's something obviously we have to brace ourselves for and that's a whole other conversation because the game isn't even out yet. But I think it's an, a very interesting uh, discussion point but again, like so, all of this discussion and everything has happened because Nomura said something. Basically, the main takeaway out of all of this is that once Kingdom Hearts 3 releases in January, they are going to shift their focus towards talking about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, supposedly, this means that updates should increase, but there's a very big should because Nomura has to actually do that talking. And there's a good chance that he just won't want to do it. Katase is obviously working on it too, and he's a bit more communicative, but also he's in a new position now. Sure, he's still the head of BD1, but he's also on the, an executive board member. Uh, and Hashimoto may talk about stuff being the brand manager for Final Fantasy, but generally I don't really pay too much attention to what he says because, I don't know, it just <laughs> we all know what Hashimoto does. And generally, he's a massive troll. So yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, once we get past January, we will start to see stuff. Now, the problem is, again, by saying this, Nomura's now started up the whole thing again. Does this mean we're now going to see the Final Fantasy VII Remake at E3 next year, or Gamescom, or the Tokyo Game Show, or the PlayStation Experience when they have their massive showcase for the PlayStation 5, supposedly, the rumoured... That would be the perfect place to do it. PlayStation 5, launch event, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Maybe they might even show it as a launch title uh, or reveal at the kind of small reveal event that they could do at the start of the year. Who knows? There's so many opportunities now because he said that. People are going to start speculating about when it's going to happen again. Like he's just, it's like he's his own worst enemy inadvertently by saying these things. Because when he does talk, he just makes it worse for the fact that he doesn't like to talk. I don't know. Anyway, we have some news updates to give you now. Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed the kind of discussion, uh, delve into the current Final Fantasy VII Remake shenanigans of what's going on and drama and everything that's basically just a non-conversation. But why it's become a non-conversation, I think that's an interesting topic in itself. Right, anyway, so first news update is that 
Dissidia and Tea, the free edition that we talked about last episode. I think it was last episode. Pretty sure it's last episode. That has now released. and But I we missed something very important. It is Japan only for now. Because as Braden reported on the website, English trophies have been found, which means it's probably going to come out in English at some point. But for now, that is Japan only, unfortunately. But they have also just released patch 1.18. And that adds a, I mean, it's not anything too significant, but basically you can now undertake missions or there are missions that are available. And that's for performing certain actions while you're playing the game, like killing people in certain ways, doing certain moves, whatever. Uh, and then when you do that, you can get some treasure, I believe. And they've also done some more balancing to the game. Uh, so nothing major going on with the Decidia NT. Um, but obviously, yeah, they had the third anniversary and they kind of done it to themselves. But um, Kujiraika was joking about the fact that they basically never get any time off anymore because they've made a persistent game. Oh dear. What a shame. Uh, okay, so the next story is the Final Fantasy XIV fan fest has obviously been going on, and they announced the third expansion for the game called Shadowbringers, which, from the looks of the trailer, will have a much darker tone. And one of the takeaways was that the Warrior of Light must become the Warrior of Darkness, and they said they're going to reveal more about that soon. <gasps> and it's also going to add loads of new jobs. They're going to increase the level cap from seventy to eighty. There's going to be loads of new areas to explore. There's going to be new primals and new beast tribes. Basically, a ton of new stuff, but that's kind of what you'd expect from an expansion anyway. Um, the other core thing they announced at the FanFest, for me at least, uh, was that they announced the Blue Mage job. Now, when I used to play Final Fantasy XI, uh, Blue Mage was a rather interesting job that they added with the Treasures of Art Ugan expansion pack. And uh, I'm really hoping that it creates an interesting dynamic with Final Fantasy XIV. Okay, so the next uh, small news update is that Final Fantasy Explorers Force, the mobile spin-off title for Final Fantasy Explorers, is, as you've probably guessed, based on how every other kind of non-main mobile title goes for Square Enix, it's being shut down. It's pretty standard. Basically, if you're not... A me- I don't know like what the mentality is. I guess they just, they're just kind of throwing stuff at a wall and just hope and just seeing what sticks because they they closed down so many mobile games in less than a year but then the ones that work they really work i mean as much as we deride it a new empire is being nominated for awards due to how great it is um final fantasy 15 new empire is what i'm talking about there by the way Um, i think it's up for a google play award for being a superb mobile game Woo. Um, so when they hit it big, they hit it big because that game is making an absolute bucket load of money, which actually we didn't talk about that in the last episode. If that's the case and that game is making so much money, that means that Luminous must have really spent a lot on production of things that aren't going to be used anymore. Um, but yeah, so that's that's been shut down. Uh, we're never going to get to play it. But, you know, it probably, I don't know, it didn't really look that exciting anyway. Um, and then the last news we have is that the Final Fantasy XIII trilogy has been added to the Xbox One X backwards compatibility list, and 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 this is kind of a big deal ish because basically when when generally when they add games to the X, the backwards compatibility list, obviously there is a a slight level of remastering that that goes into it. But if you've seen anything that's been going on, basically everyone has been going crazy about the fact that they didn't just 
release it like they haven't just uh spruced it up a little bit like they have properly gone into a lot of depth to make sure that the xbox one x version of the game looks the best it's ever been now that is a slight caveat because if you guys remember the playstation 3 version had good fmvs the xbox 360 version did not and that was mostly around the fact that the playstation 3 was blu-ray and the xbox 360 wasn't now they have uh, increased the uh, resolution of and the quality of the FMVs on the Xbox One X version. Apparently, they're still not as good as the PlayStation Three version, but they're they're kind of on parish. Um, but but the actual in-game graphics is where the biggest improvements have been seen. They look very clean and crisp, and obviously it doesn't look vastly different. It just looks very very smooth and. I think especially when you're looking at Final Fantasy 13 in comparison to uh, the like the Xbox One X versus the PlayStation 3 version, it looks really smooth. That's all I can say. It just looks really smooth. If you haven't, like, go check out a comparison video. Everyone is pretty much just losing their minds over it. But I mean, like, really, like, sure, it's nice if you enjoy Final Fantasy 13, but there's no new content or anything like that. It's not really that big of a deal like xbox add games to their backwards compatibility list all the time yeah whatever like it like it's it's good it's good you can play your xbox 360 um copy of uh 13 on your xbox one x or you can download it now um and it will look great yay okay so um in in uh i guess as a tribute or in response to that i have actually chosen from final fantasy 13 music for the music segment and the last time i did an episode by myself um i got some positive feedback about the fact that i didn't just say here's the track go listen to it um i talked a little bit about it so i'm going to try and talk a little bit about this one as well because it's an arrangement of dust to dust and the performer is an artist called g plus and so basically this track is um, obviously from the 13th soundtrack, duh, but it was composed by um, Hamwazi, obviously the main composer for 13, but it was actually arranged by someone else. So it was re- arranged by Mitsuto Suzuki and it obviously acts as the background theme for Awerba. And I think when I was playing Final Fantasy 13 originally, I, I don't know, I have a real love-hate relationship with the 13th soundtrack. I think some parts of it are really, really good. But like it just doesn't, it didn't have the same. Um, and I guess uh, it's probably probably more of an amplified opinion than than twelve. But basically, the pre the pre twelve soundtracks, that like generally the whole soundtrack was a good package. Uh, like pretty much all of the the tracks were listenable. They um, had merits. Whereas I think like 13 was yeah like really hit and miss. I think like 50% is really good and 50% is just kind of yeah. And when I was playing through 13, this track just didn't really uh, resonate. Like it just didn't stand out as something that really captured me. Like you know when you're like watching, uh, playing a game or watching a movie, sometimes there is just music that just kind of just pops out and it just makes you not pay attention to what you're actually playing or watching you just focus on the music instead i don't know maybe that's just me like but like i i find myself just there are some there are certain pieces of music like when i was watching uh beautiful mind like there is just a, there is a piece of music in that uh soundtrack that just when i was watching the film i just i i got taken away from the film and got sucked in by the music more than what was actually happening it like it went beyond just a complimentary piece of stuff which is what i'd say that final fantasy 12 does really well it's the music of final fantasy 12 is very complimentary 
you basically don't realize it's there uh, because it just kind of it it complements what's going on so well and that, and that's what most film soundtracks do they're just very good accompaniment to what's going on with the with the visuals um that they're, they're like driving them forward making you feel different emotions but every now and again there are pieces of music that just go beyond that they take your mind away from everything they they provide a new level of stimulus and dust to dust just didn't do that when i was playing 13 i just didn't even pay attention to it whatsoever when i was going back doing um we did a review of the final fantasy 13 soundtrack on gmfm like years ago like eight years ago now i think it was when i used to do the podcast with brian um we were doing like musical analysis of the soundtracks and i don't think any of us selected dust to dust as a track that was worth it but i just remember the common theme who was our guest for that episode uh i think it was someone pretty pretty big actually anyway um you can go and listen to it it's on itunes still but but the soundtrack for us was very hit and miss uh there were some tracks that were really good some tracks that were not so great but when i was going back like i think uh, when we started up on the youtube channel i um wanted to do something around music and i thought well why don't i do a like a playlist kind of thing like a, a mix I'd seen a lot of people doing like the video game music mixes and like all this kind of stuff. And I thought, why don't I do a mix for Hamwazu as a composer? And when I was listening through a lot of his different works, obviously I had the whole of the 13 soundtrack to listen to um, and his works on 13.2 and like Returns and, and Dirge of Cerberus, but, and obviously 10 as well. But for some reason, Dust to Dust just really, really, I don't know, just listening to it outside of the game I just I just fell in love with it. Like it's just so ethereal. There's the sweeping synth pads. It has a very simple melody that gets layered over the top. It's just and the the vocal layer as well. It just I don't know. It just it just really spoke to me. And it, Lauren jokes about it all the time. But basically, if you I don't know if you, if you have the chance to listen to the mix I made, just search for Hamwazu music mix or something like that on YouTube. You'll you'll find it pretty easily. The transition I made between uh, Wodan. Um, which is from the one of the Chocobo games into Dust to Dust just it, for some reason I just really love it and it just everything I can listen to it now and it still just gives me goosebumps which is probably really sad but even just talking about it now I'm getting goosebumps what is wrong with me but basically um, yeah so it's a really really simple track but it just is so um I guess beautiful is the way you could put it like it's just it's just so lovely to listen to and this particular arrangement i i found it years ago actually um when i was doing some music research for uh, one of the events we were doing i just wanted to have some background music to play and i was finding these tracks everywhere and this was from a japanese arranger actually um and it has a whole new angle to the to the piece like it has some unexpected instrumentation. There's a new counter melody that's put in there. No vocals, but I don't think it really needs it for this. But uh, I think it's a, just a really, uh, really nice uh, arrangement. So hopefully you guys enjoy that and my very long verbose explanation as to why I picked it and why I now like Dust to Dust. Anyway, outro time. So the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 11th of December. It is probably going to be the last episode of the year because the episode after that would come on Christmas Day and I don't particularly feel like uploading and editing a podcast around that time. Uh, I may be able to twist Lauren's arm and convince her to do one in, in the week before, but that's a big if at the moment based on everything that's going on with us. 
But I'm really hopeful that Lauren will be able to join us for the next episode because we're probably going to do like a year round wrap up or kind of like how we feel about Final Fantasy at the moment. Because actually listening back to the last episode we did about Tabata, um, some people said that we just sounded really downbeat and kind of, I don't know, just depressed about everything that's going on with the franchise. And I can understand why it came off that way. But that's really not the case. I think we were just very um, disheartened by the fact that Tabata had gone. And um, it sounds really sad, but I think we really respected a lot of what he did. And now that he's gone, and obviously we'll still follow what he does uh, in his career. But now we can't really talk about it on the shows that we do because it's not going to be Final Fantasy anymore. And I think that was just kind of sad for us as a bit of a realization um but yeah no we're definitely still excited about stuff and yeah we'll we'll talk about it all next episode but yeah to make sure you get all the updates make sure you subscribe on uh itunes just search for final fantasy where there are thereabouts and of course if you want to check out our video coverage go to youtube ff union vids we are approaching 75,000 subscribers now we just did a video around zach fair's origins and uh, we're currently working on a video right now, which is going to be about Kingdom Hearts. <gasps> I know, crossing over, merging worlds. Um, and of course, if you want to catch all the old episodes, you can go to FinalFantasyUnion.com as well. And that's where, obviously, Braden posts up all our news coverage. And if you want to support us on Patreon, why not head over to Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this solo episode. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. So I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.